and welcome to episode 7 of Wise Choice, an official Wise Music podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Adam. And I'm Paula and we are the Daydream Club, your digital crate diggers rummaging around for awesome tunes and stories. Yeah, and this uh, today, this episode, we're, we're getting into disco. Yeah. And I had to think to myself, like, where where does the term come from? You know, it's one of them words you just say, disco. I couldn't think of, like, oh, no, what does I, that stand for? I have no idea. You just, like, I just accept it's a genre and I'm just... Yeah, it's just that. It's just disco. Um, but so I had a little look and um, it originates from the term discotheque, which I did know, okay. but I kind of forgot. Yeah. Um, which is a French word for, like, a library of records really yeah okay didn't know that um and it kind of became then synonymous with clubs where they play only music that is you know from a record rather Mm. than a live band wow and it kind of then got taken over and really adopted by america and the u.s where disco went huge and got shortened to disco so it originated in france then I don't know if that's where it originated, but that's just where the term... I didn't I didn't follow the full thread, but yeah. it's a French word originally. I was going to say, but the fact that it was a French word, it has to have like... It, it could be. And to be honest, somewhere. France, you know, have often been quite interlinked with dance music, whatever, yeah, you know, true. genre, if it leads into like, you think of Daft Punk and all of the French house scene, mm. they're kind of, they're quite at the forefront of, of dance music. And yeah. there's a lot of, which we'll get to, a lot of French disco as well oh that's fun yeah it's cool isn't it i did not know that. i did not know that either i I like finding that out that was fun (laughs) um so we're going to kick off with an awesome track uh sunny by boney m released in 1976 um they're an afro-german caribbean vocal group cool how you all meet i don't know (laughs) but um it was well, I suppose maybe it's because it was created by uh, the German producer Frank Farian, who was also the primary songwriter. Um, and I read that there's a little fun fact here: the band name actually comes from some Australian detective series called Boney. What really? And, and apparently Frank was—he happened to just turn on the telly, and it was, it was just ending. And then he just started, he was like, oh, Boney, interesting. And he started, and he quoted, this is a quote, he started singing to himself like, Boney, Boney, Boney M, Boney, (laughs) Boney, Boney M. I don't know how the melody goes, I'm just guessing, but he was like, yeah, sounds good. Boney M. I don't know why the M. That's fun. Um, but yeah, I thought Bonnie that was... A. It wouldn't work as well with the other any other letters. It's Bonnie A, yeah. Bonnie A. Bonnie A. Yeah, I kind of like that more personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if he worked his way all the way through the alphabet and then got to M and he's like, yes, it's M. It's funny how, how people land on band I names, love it. to be honest. It's so random, but it makes for really interesting stories, like with Japan and the magazine and, yeah, this. <laughs> I often <laughs> used to, like, series. you skim through a dictionary and then, like, pick a word. Close your eyes, stick yeah, your finger and down. Then skim through again. It doesn't always work. Most See of the time it's rubbish, but yeah. it's a good starting point for yeah. thinking, okay, different words. Um, <laughs> so, it was, I mean, it's actually a cover as well, this is. You, know, mm. you might think of it as being the original, but it's actually a cover. No, this is a very... Which we'll get to the original story. next. Okay. Um, no spoilers. <laughs> as a cover, their, their cover reached number one. Wow. Um, and um, it was it was just a huge hit. It did really well. Um, Suppose you're onto a winner when you cover like an awesome song. That's it. Yeah. Like, actually, are you? Or is it, there's there's actually a lot of pressure, isn't there? Because can you improve? Well, we spoke about this before, haven't we? But um, yeah. yeah, they did a good job for that era yes. to bring it into the new generation, which I guess happens a lot, doesn't it? It's just that form of it then. Um, so another little factoid that i found out Go on then. was um frank also founded the group millie vanilli what yeah um and what? um in 1990 he confessed to orchestrating the events leading to the mini vanilli scandal oh, no. <gasps> um, it was his idea yeah so he confirmed oh, to enemy that um and other press that he he assembled a group of session musicians and fronted it with attractive dancers that's amazing <laughs> i mean to be honest, it was really clever marketing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, it's a good idea. <clears throat> yeah, interesting. But I guess, you know, people want... It was such a backlash some... from that, I know, though, it wasn't was, it? it was. I wonder um, when... He made quite a habit when... of that, apparently, and, and did it with a few vocal groups with publicised members that lip-sync really? to session musicians. Ooh, 
But, you know, he's wow. a producer at the end of the day. He's from producer. Can you remember when the Millie, Millie Vanilli scandal was? I wonder whether 1990, whether he, he waited a while and let it die down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Actually, I didn't was, look at that. Was that in 1990? I'll have to look at that. Yeah, uh, you can we, look that up we, while we uh, listen to the track. So this is uh, Sunny by Boney M. Fades out, the party continues. That's it. As we mentioned in uh, last the last episode, episode yeah. yeah. If you're not listening to that, make sure you go back and check it out. But we we talked about how in disco you generally you can you, know, you often find there's like a just a fade out of the groove ongoing, so that it's like the party's still happening mm. to Boy. infinity and beyond. <laughs> yeah, and it's got. I mean, that is it's a classic disco song. It's got the four to the floor classic disco beat. Those high strings. It's all. It's all in there. The, yeah, the formula's working. It's isn't got it? yeah the formula and it's it's on it's on track. It's good. Um, yeah. You, so what did the lookup kid find? So yeah, nineteen ninety. Obviously, I'd forgotten. Uh, but as soon as I uh, started looking up again, I remembered they were actually outed because of a failed MTV performance, weren't they? Yeah. Because yeah, the track yeah, like skipped and it was just <laughs> stuck on repeat, which kind of Ooh. showed that they they weren't <laughs> singing live, which. I, I wouldn't have said. I was going to say that though. wouldn't have been a massive thing. You would have thought then, because I mean, for ages, 
like performances were lip synced. Mm. Um, I don't know who it was then that thought, I'm going to look further into this because I don't think I, it was I think like maybe because definitely top of the pops, you know, the microphones are never plugged in for mm, a long time. It, it was just miming. So that was the mm. thing of the time that people were used to seeing. I don't think that was necessarily the the thing that like caught them up. It was just that then, did you say journalists then looked yeah, into them and then after that event? That's it. And then Frank sort of had to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which i think was a common thing that he did yeah from from the sound of it you you said that he did it for like and he often few... um because he's a singer himself so he's off his voice is often the one that's actually on the record or in yeah. the mix um yeah. even with the vocal groups i think it might be in the mix for boney m that's fun yeah um and definitely in the mix for Millie vanilli um yeah. so he's a good singer yeah but um, maybe not wanting to, be, wanting a to be in the background which yeah. isn't like a scandal in itself it, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that that sort of blew up to be... I mean, they had the Grammy taken away back off of them, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> if they're just honest from the beginning. You know, honesty is the best policy, you yeah. know, just that, you know, and I think, you know, the uh, gorillas, you know, the, if it was like, it's a concept of we're the band creating stuff behind, but these cartoons are going to yeah. be the front. Okay, yeah. You'd be like, I'm the creator, but these handsome devils that can dance <laughs> are going to be the front. You yeah, know, and you that's just the entertainment, that's it is. isn't it? Maybe it would have been a whole different story, but who knows, eh? Who yeah, knows? Anyway, we'll move on. So on to <laughs> the, so that, that one, Boney M was actually the track that was chosen as the wise choice from some of the wise staff. So, so that was the, the selection, not the original? Yeah, that was the selection. That's interesting, interesting, that, yeah. Because I personally really love the original I've, bobby hebb yes released in 1966 oh bobby your voice it's just, just got that heart just that voice it yeah. was written by him as well so you know you know you get that extra thing weight to it of through. authenticity oh and he's nice. a really interesting guy when i was okay. looking into it it's quite a fascinating story around him and it just makes you love the song even more oh, which on, I, then tell me, you know, I don't know anything because the song is just so uplifting and you know you just think oh yeah nice song about sunny. being sunny yeah, and positive right. and good days um so let me fill you in so his his parents william and ovala were both blind musicians wow which cool. in itself is just like wow that is crazy yeah. isn't it that's amazing that's um, cool and then heb and his older brother performed as like a song and dance duo in nashville which began when bobby was only three what and his brother was nine what yeah what? Duo. Yeah, so they go around and perform. He was only three. That's really cute. I can't even Do you think know what? what I was doing at three. That's that's quite a common story though that you hear from like that era, isn't it? That was sort of like a family affair. Maybe kids that grew up in sort of musical <clears throat> environments like that. It was probably a way that the parents knew how to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a way to keep going. I didn't delve too into that. I just thought that was quite an interesting fact. Age um, three. Wow. So the the sad thing is, oh. he he wrote the song in the wake of a kind of pair of tragedies that occurred within days of each other. So there was the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, mm. and then the fatal stabbing of his older brother Harold outside a club in Nashville. What? And so then from that, it kind of inspired this song. That inspired Sonny? Yeah, and he, he was quoted as saying... All my intentions were to think of happier times, oh, basically wow. looking for a brighter day because times were at a low tide. Wow. It makes you listen to the song differently, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have a... Almost like a mantra to himself to just be like, you know, pull yourself together, you know, be happy, be strong, think sunny. <sighs> wow. Like a little distraction as well, an attempt at, anyway. But um, I think he also said somewhere that he always tried to make a habit of being positive or optimistic mm. because life will it's easily hard. like tear you down yeah. so he's I mean, been he's, working he's since already he been three years through old. so much in life yeah. you know yeah i mean if that's a superpower if you can turn the hardness of life into you know a strength yeah more wow. power to you so, okay newfound respect for this track i know <laughs> and then it's just a beautiful recording and i think is it vocal. the 60s this was released yeah 19 1966 Wow. I did already say that. Were you not listening to me? No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've become white noise to you now. Great. Um, yeah, so let's have a listen to that. Just a little snippet, but it was just tease you enough to then maybe go and check it out in full because it's gorgeous. Yeah. This is uh, Sunny by Bobby Hill. Sunny. Yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sunny. 
You smiled at me and really eased the pain Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true, I love you Sunny, thank you for the sunshine you gave Sunny, thank you for the love you brought my way Beautiful, isn't it? It makes you listen to it differently, doesn't it? I was going to say, there's some, always something to be thankful for, even. Yeah. Well, if you can, if you can get yourself to that place. Um, yeah. I wonder. It sounds a bit like as well. He's referring to Sunny as his brother. You gave to me your all and all. You, you know, like you mm. brought me happiness and stuff. Mm. That's interesting. I also think maybe then this song came out at a time when maybe people needed to be uplifted a maybe. bit. You know, the president's just been shot, and everything seems doom and gloom, and then he comes out with this uplifting you know yeah. it might have been you know right time mm. oh. so yeah right great time song. great song great song um i did manage to dig around and find like a, a cool sampled use of the boney m sunny version okay uh, by mark ronson uh featuring ghostface killer nate dog trife and saigon um called Uwe. i know i was just thinking that's a lot of uh, <laughs> you did well you did well with that <laughs> <laughs> uh released in 2003 <laughs> I think there's some other samples in there for sure, yeah. but the main bulk of it underneath is the Boney M, M like is mm. the backbone of it all. We, cool. you, can, you can hear those disco strings and the, the bass and the drums, I think, are all part of it. So here it is, Ooh Wee by Mark Roxon, Rock Ronson and Gang. <laughs> and Gang, yeah, that's right. First 500 just went crazy when he let they arson and all he did was plug me in. I got the charge and got they bras and ran through they whole department. So we're heading back to the 70s, back to disco. And I think this next one is like one of the absolute classics of the disco scene. Ooh, um, Boogie Oogie Oogie by A Taste of Honey from that 1978. Even, that's, I was going to say that even sounds disco. Like that sounds... <laughs> before, yeah, before you even played yeah, the track. If you, like, if oh, you yeah. read the title of a track, you could probably guess that that was from the 70s. Yeah, I mean, there was, a lot, of, there was a lot of boogie titles yeah. around, but <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, the, that, it's just a really good one. It did really well. It sold like 2 million copies wow. and was awarded two platinum records for wow. the single and the album. Wow. So they really nailed it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, you know, one of those classic floor fillers that was always put on. Yeah. I mean, that the chorus is just so catchy yeah. and fun to sing. Um. So the, the, it's an American band formed by Janice M Marie Johnson and Perry Kibble. Uh, they were longtime friends and they left other bands to join forces. What I didn't know, so Janice is the vocalist, what I didn't know is that she's also the bassist. That's flipping cool. She's singing cool. and playing that bass line. And I watched a video of her doing it as well. And it's such a cool funky. bass line. Yeah. When you think that she's, she's doing that and, and singing. singing. And yeah. Such a cool woman. Well, good. Love yes, that. Janice. <laughs> I, was, I was just listening um, earlier to the track as well. And at the start, it kind of is just like the drums and the bass. Mm -hmm. And the way it's recorded, you can really hear like every little bit of the bass. You can hear some of the strings kind of resonating a bit while she's playing the other strings. Mm -hmm. You almost cool. feel like you're, you're in, in the, the room, room with us. I like that. Really cool. Listen out for that when we play it in a minute. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, they were named after a Herb Alpert song okay. of the same name, which is, again, just like, where do, why do people pick a, a name from there? From another so song. Random. Yeah. 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 Might, maybe, yeah. I think that's like the ultimate compliment if someone names, if they're inspired by yeah, some, some of your like art, your creation. Yeah. To, Takes it on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. So anyway... Let's just play this one because it's awesome. Okay. This is Boogie Oogie Oogie uh, by A Taste of Honey. Oh. 
impressed and amazed when you're playing a rhythm instrument and singing a melodic tune i mean we've done it i've had to do drums and vocals but i had to really learn that because <laughs> beforehand i was used to doing one or the other so i think when you combine them it definitely takes it's like a special brain i think yeah. <laughs> to be able to... i think the wrist comes so like the bass line's quite straight what she's doing there but the vocal is quite free yeah. and floaty and that's that's where the skill comes in. That I think is. it's one thing to just sing and play, but maybe end up locking in a, a bit too much to the instrument. Yeah. And another thing or to restricting the melody. be completely free. Mm. Uh, Jose, Jose Gonzalez is really good at yeah, yeah, yeah. like playing super complicated stuff, but kind of floating a melody over the top. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can think of loads oh, of people as well. Eagles, of... the Eagles drummer as well. Yeah, true. I mean, he, he always did well. I do think drums, but maybe it's just me, but you, you subdivide the beat quite you know comfortably and even that 
uh, you can almost forget what you're playing and then just think about singing personally. Mm. Yeah. Whereas bass is generally quite syncopated. Yeah. And especially like not just thinking about rhythm, but also melody, which counteracts you know the other melody you're thinking about. It's a lot of splitting your brain. Yeah. And then guitar's even worse than that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're also thinking about chords, melody, and whatever. Yeah. 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 It's hard. Very cool, though. But yeah, great when people can do all of that. Do stuff. it so well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Love that track. And a classic, classic uh, disco fade out yeah, party. Yeah, disco Infinity. Fade. Um, I haven't actually like listened ahead to see if all of them fade, so it, I'm going to be aware of it. It's now, quite a common thing because mm. you don't want the party to end, no. and and then a, a DJ would have cross faded anyway true, true. onto the next song, so everyone keeps dancing. Mm. You don't want a big finish, <laughs> no. And then you've got to like, oh, great. Right, stop dancing. Start dancing again. Yeah. Um, what? No bar break. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it's a bit like you know modern house. They, you know they often would include big sections of just drumbeat at the start and towards the end, so that DJs can then mix in mm. and beat match mm. before the song kicks in. Yeah. I guess it's a bit like that of the day. They allowed it they to just fade keep instead. grooving on. Yeah. For it to fade out, for the next one to fade yeah. in. Yeah, maybe cool. i don't know that for sure i'm no, just like talking that. off the that's top prob- of my dome probably <laughs> quite accurate i would imagine maybe yeah yeah <laughs> so we'll go with that because no telling up. us otherwise right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have all the knowledge no we don't profess to be we'll any kind of connoisseurs of anything between ourselves. <laughs> um, next up this is a cool track so i found a track called cuba by the gibson brothers in 1979 I wasn't familiar that with the name Gibson no. Brothers or Cuba, but you'll know the song. Okay. Um, and it, it's great. So this is a French music band. Um, they're originally from Martinique, which I had to look up because I wasn't sure where that was. It's an island in the Caribbean Sea. Yeah. And then they uh, they moved to Paris in the 50s and, uh, and formed a group called Martinique Express. <laughs> That's cool. Um, it's three brothers. So it's Chris Patrick and Alex Frank Fort. And uh, with Martinique Express, they appeared on French TV. Oh, fun. So they're doing quite well with that yeah. band already. Um, but it was on the on the TV that then a French producer, Daniel Vanguard, spotted them. Yeah. Um, and changed their name to the Gibson Brothers. Okay. And kind of worked with them from there. I wonder what the reason for that was. I don't know. New brand. It like could be new branding. Music, make it sound more global. I don't know. I don't know, because, I mean, why Gibson as well? Yeah. uh, Mm. (laughs) yeah. Um, I'd like to know the story behind that one. We'll we'll see if we can find it. uh, I I didn't delve into the reason why they called it that. It might have been something quite mundane, you know, just picked out a more generic sounding name. Mm. Maybe people might have struggled with pronouncing Martinique. Who knows? Mm. Um, But so Cuba ended up being like a a big charting success, and it was written and produced by Vanguard, the producer. And here's where it gets interesting, which I didn't know. And I got quite excited when I discovered this. Um, so I'm looking at my notes. Yeah, you're going to no, ruin it. Look at <laughs> you said it was interesting and then I yeah, got intrigued. Go on, tell me, tell me. <laughs> so Vanguard's real name, and let's see if this true is anything first, is actually Daniel Bungalter. Does that trigger anything? No? Okay. You're looking at me with blank face. Yeah. Maybe, somewhere, maybe some of you out there might see where I'm leading with this. But uh, does the name Thomas Bangalter mean anything to you? Toma, Toma yeah. Bangalter. Yeah, Daft Punk. Yeah. Okay. So he's the father no. of Thomas Toma Bangalter. Seriously? Yeah. Whoa. It kind of I gives you a bit of a reason. I didn't actually know that, uh, that uh, Thomas had... I remember reading that his dad was a Like a famous producer. producer. Yeah, I did, but I never knew who or what they'd do, and I'd never no. really delved into it. And then... It's like, oh, it just presented itself in front of me as I was looking this into stuff. This is pretty fun. So, I'm, yeah, so, so we're like, about to listen to. Doesn't that make more sense? Daft like, Punk's dads. Yeah, like we're like, pro- written, written and produced. He written, wrote and produced uh, the track Cuba, Cuba for the Gibson Brothers. Yeah. In 1979. Yeah. Ah, oh, this is going to be fun. That I just know. Brings and the obviously, whole... so he also went on to. He kind of, especially with the first album for Daft Punk, he was quite involved and helped them kind of get to grips with it all and produce and you mm. know figure it out but you know at the end of the day i mean it's like dance music royalty isn't it it is a bit. and it's like a legacy of dance music and they're just carrying on this this line you know <laughs> they he was obviously part of the disco scene which was the dance music of the day 
And then his his son took it on into, you know, French house and pushing dance music forward into what we know today. Yeah, and also like So cool. Setting that reputation that French French dance music is like something really cool. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind Why of Why is that? What yeah. is that about? Why did they nail it? I don't know. Obviously had pioneers like the the Bangle uh, <laughs> yeah, the the family. <laughs> I think it, I think it was in um France, like French DJs, uh, producers that kind of pioneered the uh, like house music sidechain effect, which is where you 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 use a compressor to put on like a chord or something against the kick drum. So whenever the kick drum sounds, the compressor kicks in on that chord, mm. and so you end up with like a pulsing like so it cuts out whenever the kick drum goes in and the chord builds up after so it kind of forces it to fill every space without going over each other also i think they had like i really, think they were the pioneers of that. like big underground scenes as well didn't they where they like they weren't necessarily like creating stuff to put out they were just creating stuff and experimenting with dj and stuff like we watched a I don't know. documentary on... i couldn't say for sure on that i don't know <sighs> what, sure where you're were... pulling that information from <laughs> well, we'll, we'll play this and then i'll, I'll you explain it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain maybe you maybe you're right and i've just forgot yeah I'll... we do watch the same documentaries so... that's it i'll i'll uh i'll Who fill you, you in about? and daft you can punk say or? it more uh no it wasn't daft punk I need to remember who the artist was and then I'll uh, carry on. So, <laughs> so while this track's playing, I'll, uh, I will... Always get half, I'm, I'm gonna half memories from Oh, you. I know. I'm never good at details. I'm good with... Well, no. <laughs> what am I good with? Um, you're good yeah. at appreciating how I've, great I've got... it all is. That's what you're good at. <laughs> yeah, and the enthusiasm. But no, I've got great short-term memory, but long-term for like, if I've seen the documentary a while ago, it's going to be fuzzy. I, I will remember who the artist is. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah, that's but, really uh... useful. Anyway, we'll play the track while you uh, look it up. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is Cuba by the Gibson Brothers. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice. Great That's a good one. There's so much great instrumentation on there with the Cuban influences coming in. How cool to grow it, though, and your dad's creating like music like that that's yeah. great no wonder like you'd, you'd you would be, be something wrong you? wouldn't there if either if you'd if be uh, like, totally inspired or feel a bit crippled under mm, the, yeah. the pressure the pressure of his shadow like yeah. you know this amazing yeah but anyway i remembered yeah go on um, look so, up kid tell so us about while it we were playing that track i <laughs> i explained myself to adam and tried to get him to remember because i'm rubbish <laughs> like the detail i was like it's a friend it was a french duo and they were playing uh this track in the discotheques uh and it was all like part of this underground scene and it was heard by this producer who was like oh that's a hit you have to release it and they were like nah and then someone else releases it and it becomes massive and the details are because i don't yeah, remember specifics you did eventually trigger my memory. That's I watched it. so many music documentaries, they all blur into one by the end. I knew but it was a French duo, though. You're right, like, and I'm, I'm impressed that you remembered all of that, yeah, really. there you go. It was Just actually... didn't remember any of the useful information, like the names. There was actually a connection to Daft Punk <laughs> as that's well. It. I so think that's why it's... It it's all me. based around the track Call On Me, um, which is kind of known by Eric Prids, but there's a whole backstory to it um, that uh, the French duo at the time that were called Together, which consisted of Daft Punk's Thomas Bangalter and producer DJ Falcon had released. Um, well, they hadn't released. Actually, they, they hadn't released. Yeah, they were in their DJ set. They were doing a thing where they would sampled Valerie. a bit of Valerie by mm. Steve Winwood's song from 1982, and um, the Ministry of Sound were begging them to release it because it was doing so well. Like everyone, there's so much demand for it. But they were like, yeah. no, I don't really like it that much. We don't want to release <laughs> it. <laughs> so yeah. then, Ministry of Sound sort of commissioned their own version unofficially i think it it ended up after they turned it down it it kind of came out that ministry of sound then released the eric prids song Mm. without any mention or credit to the the duo together um which sounded extremely close to what they were doing almost identical i think yeah there's a really good documentary documentary on it anyway on youtube um you should check it out it was it was was a good documentary that one um but anyway uh, we'll get inside a a little extra (laughs) note was that um eric prids actually has never been very proud of it yeah and it, it kind of he, i think he refuses to play it live because it doesn't actually reflect his actual dance Sound. style that he mm. does it was like a sidestep mm. and i think he he didn't like that he did it really mm, interesting yeah but uh but, yeah. don't quote me on that but that was all in that and i think they'd done some good research so i trust it i was it. gonna say it was a good documentary it was really in depth they literally got a hold of like all the bootleg copies yeah oh it's just great um, yeah, so that was a little sidestep. Still on the path of Punk and dance. <laughs> yeah. uh, We'll continue along that path right now, kind of. Um, kind so of. <laughs> while I was digging around for more disco, um, I found this really cool one called Hypno Dance by Who's Who, released in 1979. I was like, I've never, never heard this one. This is such a good sound. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that I've never heard of it as well. It's you know. It was a bit different. It had a slightly different flavour, but still, you could tell it was part of the disco era. Yeah. Um, anyway, then after digging into it a bit more, turns out it was one of Daniel Vanguard's pseudonyms. What? So Thomas Bongolter's dad, yeah. again. That was his song. It was one of his tracks. I hadn't planned to do that. It wow. Just, I'm obviously See, drawn to his sound. That's really cool. Um. Yeah, so that was like just him. He didn't, it, you know, it was just a pseudonym. He released stuff under and... Who's and who? Who's who, yeah, yeah. Just put it out as that. Um, so I've got a little snippet of that because I just think it, it's just a great sound. I really love it. Nice. So this is Hypno Dance by Who's Who. Thank you. 
That was yeah. a long snippet. I know, I know. I, did, I was going to do a snippet and I just thought, no, I proper it love this. I want to hear the whole thing. Yes. It gets me. I don't know what, I think that, that interesting it's, melody and is incorporated. Groove, just the continuous like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it just keeps going. I just yeah. thought, no, I'm not going to stop this. This, this, this is a party that needs to go to the end. catalogue to have uh, stumbled across. Isn't it, it fun? Yeah. Especially I'm, with all the little like connections to bands that we've sort of grown up loving like Daft Punk and things yeah. like that. It's just, well, it continues. So then Ooh. I thought, oh, I wonder what else he's got, you know, his, his fingers in pies kind of. Yeah. And so I, I dug around actually looking for, for stuff he'd done. And then, you know, I, I go and find another huge disco hit that was like, it was just massive. Right. And the title alone, it was just genius. D-I-S-C-O no. by Ottawan, released in 1979. And that's... Was written and produced by Vanguard. What? Yeah. Wow, the tracks uh, that you just so listened they're to. They're a French and, duo as well, so there's yeah. a little bit of a connection in there, isn't there? But that's brilliant. How, I mean, that's huge. another epic track. That's a huge track. I was just looking, they're all 1979. What a huge year. That's like, not... that's a productive year. That's three, that's Cuba. Wow, uh, yeah, I didn't, no even, I didn't even clock on that. The all 1979. Ah, big year. And they're not just big tracks, because he was involved in like the albums of stuff as well. The, the, that Who's Who is like a whole album. Cuban Brothers, um, that was off a whole lot of stuff. Gibson Brothers. Uh, sorry, Cuban Cuba Brothers. Cuba and Gibson Brothers. I knew what you meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. I'm sure everyone else knew what I'm saying as well. Yeah, it's all so. right. We understand each other. When, I, when I'm like, you know that band, that duo. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can tell we've been together a long time because you actually understand my <laughs> innate ramblings. And yeah, likewise, I understand when you're... That's it. So busy guy. Yeah. 1979. Talented as well. Good, Very good. Yeah. So let's have... This is a snippet because <laughs> okay. otherwise the episode is just going to get ridiculously long okay. again. Um, so this is D-I-S-C-O by Ottawa. fun that's like my childhood <laughs> even though like <laughs> yeah. i wasn't born then well I, that was still you know around. why that is don't you i why? think because uh black lace covered it oh, who did all of the little black kids lace. party dance songs yeah and that I was remember, a clear one isn't it i was you gonna know. say we've watched a documentary on them as well and that's brilliant they they have got an interesting story actually but yeah so great i mean what great a, this has been a really fun episode personally to build <laughs> <laughs> and we're ending with a huge one yeah we're on the last track i saved my personal favorite and mine for last actually um, um, we, although we have been this, some fun discoveries we have this album on vinyl actually so the last track we're going to round off with is Let's Groove by Earth, Wind and Fire yes. released in 1981 on the album Raise and it, yeah it's a good it's a good vinyl it's one to have great. isn't it I feel quite proud of having that one yeah that's a nice one um, so they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2000 and, and rightly so yeah, I reckon well deserved um, they've secured like six consecutive double platinum albums holy and moly and Columbia Records best selling R&B band of all time seriously and, wow. and that includes like Beyonce Destiny's what? Child Pharrell Williams wow I know that's quite an achievement isn't it oh yeah that's uh, something to be proud of that they were that's like amazing. serious musicians though. they all played stuff yeah and, and they didn't just do disco. They kind of evolved with the times and they did jazz and incorporated funk and Latin. You know, they were interesting. They were really pushing boundaries. Mm. And what's nice is that, you know, the rest of the world were taking it in as well. I'm like, yeah, we like this. Keep yeah, doing it. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Yeah, clearly by all those, you know, records and stuff. And the recognition and things yeah. that received throughout the years. Yeah. So with this album, actually, talking about evolving, um, the uh, Maurice White, White, who founded the band um, in 1969, he kind of decided for this album that they, it's, the, with the change in musical landscape as they're stepping into that the 80s and synths and stuff are coming in again, the band needed to incorporate more electronics. So mm. this was a step in that direction. You can hear it straight away with that awesome, awesome dirty <laughs> synth bass line throughout, you know, and, you know, it just... They're a new sound again for them, but it, it takes it in a whole it. direction and it influences, just... you know, future music in all kinds of ways. So 
it's a, it's a big point. Um, and at this point in time, disco was getting a bit of a backlash. Okay. Uh, people were starting to get a bit tired of. I imagine there's the probably a lot of now, imitators and copiers yeah. of what was initially quite a cool idea. Mm. And then everyone's just doing the four to floor disco mm. beat with this. Trying to do a formula strings rather and, than create something exactly. maybe a little bit new. Or... So they, these were taking it into a new direction and they lent more into the what they called the post disco pop funk oh, album. That's cool. Um, so this track ended up being one of their highest charting tracks. It's so as well. hard to like categorize music like i always wonder why when someone says oh, what's your favorite genre of music it's just impossible like do genres exist there's so many subgenres and like i do think it's definitely like the it's wide open i think now it is, which isn't is it? great it there is. was times i mean like you could say that nirvana were grunge yeah. i think that's quite clear yeah you know that's I don't know if there was much much else going on. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? There's definitely sounds of certain There's bands. There's things that fit into boxes easier, but I would say that a lot of music is so influenced by multi, like a multitude of styles. And, and that's what, when it gets really interesting like this. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I'm oversimplifying that with Nirvana actually as well. I was just thinking then. They probably influenced by punk for sure, and some other. You know, there's look. I'm sure there's elements that are coming together to yeah. create what they were making. Exactly, and that's the beauty of it. So this is. And rather than say post-punk rock, you know, everyone just called them grunge. So yeah. a whole new title was created to say what for they were culture. making. Now. So yeah, I'm the... wrong. Ignore <laughs> me. I'm just talking rubbish. But post-disco pop funk album. Yeah, which I think fits actually. I think it does. Cool. It totally fits. Um. Yeah, so I also found a little interesting factoid Fun about fact. uh, Maurice White, actually. <laughs> okay. So he got his start as a drummer at Chess Records in oh. 1963. I don't know if that ring, rings a bell to you at all. It's going back a while Chess now. Records was huge, like uh, put out some massive hits. Yeah, so on our first episode of these podcasts, we covered Chess Records. Yeah. And Chess Records was the home to Rotary Connection. Yes. Mini Rifferton. Yeah, all of that. So if you're not listening to that episode, get back there because that was a really good one. That was a really, really good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was like the house drummer for Chess Records for a while. That's fun. Um, and yeah, he ended up being the like lead singer of Earth, Wind and Fire. So just super talented. What a like place to be. Yeah, exactly. Mixing with all yeah, of these like talent. Cutting your chops with yeah. some great music. So you're going to know what you want to then. Uh, that kind of shows why... Like it makes me think he's like a serious full-on musician who could probably play anything yeah. he wanted. So then what do you do when you can play and create anything you want? Yeah. And he's kind of drawing from all these different influences along with the band and oh, creating some great new blends of sounds. Wow. That's cool, isn't it? I also found out that they were originally going to be called Salty Peppers. Really? Salty <laughs> yeah. Peppers? Which I think, I think I prefer with Wind and Fire. But again, you, you wouldn't have thought anything of it. Salty peppers. If, no, because it would just have been the sound of the band. It it's what you you associate, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we just kind of end up accepting, I think, don't that's you? It, that's it. The band name. So anyway, without banging on much more, we'll, oh, uh, okay. we'll leave you with Let's Groove by Earth, Wind and Fire. We are Adam and Paula from the Daydream Club and you've been listening to the Wise Choice Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
If you enjoyed our show, you might also like Composing Myself. It's another wise music podcast which features interviews with composers and writers getting into the nitty gritty about how they write and their process behind it all. You can find links to it in our podcast or just search for Composing Myself on your platform of choice.